Hi, this is Sham, your very own news curator. Let me tell you what happened last week. This is issue number 240 and it covers the week from October 12th until October 18, 2020. I stopped reading the news yesterday at 9 p.m. In today's issue, I would like to talk about the election in New Zealand, the fight against police brutality and bad government in Nigeria, as well as the new digital currency in China, and so much more. Now let's start. Akita Machuta Nambutri passed away last week. If you have no idea who that is, that's okay. This is why you're here with me. He's actually one of India's most important poets. You can still honor him by getting to know him now. Now, last week was pretty crazy. As Mexico's Senate right now is thinking about legalizing cannabis in the next two weeks, Armenia and Azerbaijan struggle to stop fighting one another as more and more civilians die. Also, last Sunday was the premiere of The Mole on BBC. It's an undercover thriller documentary about two guys who go to North Korea and pretend to be interested in buying weapons and drugs there. It's a pretty interesting documentary and I recommend it 10 out of 10. Now let's dig a little bit deeper into the week. Starting with the election in New Zealand. Well, we now have the gayest parliament in New Zealand. Yes, there was an election last week. In a country where 4.8 million people live, by the way. And what do we have? We have new 11 LGBTQ plus politicians who have been elected to the parliament of the country, elected to a parliament that holds 120 seats. Are you on Twitter? If yes, then follow some of the new politicians there. I've linked to three of them. Fun fact, about 40% of all the members of parliament from the country's Green Party are from the rainbow community. Now you might ask, why does this matter? Why does it matter that New Zealand has now the gayest parliament in the world? Well, sometimes, not always, LGBTQ members of parliaments will be the reason why a country introduces new laws. Laws that are LGBTQ community friendly. Like when New Zealand's finance minister Grant Robertson and a member of parliament Louisa Wall pushed for same-sex marriage in 2012. And then it got passed in 2013. Or, you know, when you become a member of parliament... Just make sure those laws that protect who you are stay in place. Now, before New Zealand took the seat, the gayest parliament was in the United Kingdom, with 45 openly gay members in the 650-seat House of Commons. But there were other election-related news that were as important. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and the woman we've all learned to love so much, her party won 64 out of 120 seats in parliament, meaning an outright freaking majority. No political party has managed to do that since 1996. And almost 2 million people voted. 
the most on record. United States, are you hearing this? Moving on to Nigeria. We are still fighting against police brutality and now even against the bad governance in Nigeria. For two weeks now, people have been protesting police brutality, a.k.a. the special police unit called SARS, SARS, in different cities in Nigeria and worldwide. Why? They say SARS police officers torture and murder people. The government has since promised, okay, we'll break up that police unit, but the protesters, who are mostly young, they want more. They say, just govern our country right for once. We are tired. Now, why this matters? Well, black lives matter everywhere. Around 196 million people live in this country. And the fact that people have been protesting for more than two weeks now is completely new. Normally, they say, protests like this, they last two or three days at most. The country's youth now, this time around, is protesting for a better future with more jobs and opportunities in life. Some say even that this is a Nigerian version of the Arab Spring. Plus, the country is Africa's biggest oil producer. If you're looking for an opinion piece to share on your social media, I've got a great one for you that was published on The Guardian. It's written by Chibundu Onuzo, and she gave me the title for my subject line today. Things in Nigeria now getting heated. More and more people take to the streets, they even pray there together, and also more and more people join the End SARS campaign online, even celebrities like Twitter founder Jack Dorsey. Because the debate has shifted from we are fighting against police brutality to end bad governance, the hashtags have also evolved. Now, hashtag end bad governance and hashtag fix Nigeria are making the rounds. The latest news? Well, a governor was shot. Not by protesters, officials say, but he almost died. So things are looking a little tense and I'm keeping you up to date. Also, if you are on Instagram, I've found three amazing photographers who are based in Nigeria and who take pictures of the protests. They are so powerful. If you're looking to get a feeling for what's going on there in the country, make sure to follow them. Let's move on to finance in China. Last week, China has been giving out a brand new digital currency in cities like Shenzhen and Chengdu, as well as at sites for the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. Now, why this matters? Well, if this whole thing goes well, 1.4 billion people will probably learn how to live with a digital currency before everyone else in the world. So it's important that the rest of us watch closely what happens in the second largest economy in the world. Now, you may ask, what is a digital currency, Sham? Digital currency is digitally created. It is still cash, but another type of cash. Imagine yourself living in a virtual world or a video game. 
digital currency is just like the coins you earn and spend in the game. It has real monetary value, but you can't touch it. And no, it's not like Bitcoin. China's central bank makes this currency, which means it is debt, which also means the central bank will need to make sure that it survives somehow. And yes, China has been pretty cashless already and it's been for years. Millions of people actually use Tencent's WeChat Pay or Alibaba's Alipay every day. In fact, so much so that they generated around $49 trillion in 2019. That was 25% more than 2018. So why make a digital currency? Well, people then don't have to link their bank accounts with online payment systems like the ones I mentioned before, like WeChat Pay or Alipay. And China's government can look into real-time transactions and, well, doesn't have to rely on the Western banking system when making transactions outside of China. Also, they say, we want to be more independent of the US dollar in trade. Now, China is pretty much up there when it comes to digital currency. Other countries are still just talking about it. In the meantime, China is also and that's how it looks like, preparing to invade Taiwan because it basically got too popular internationally and also got better military equipment from the United States. Moving on to the monarchy in Thailand, where people are now openly doubting the monarchy, a usually very forbidden thing to do. For five days in a row now, Thousands of people in Thailand have been coming together on the streets of the capital Bangkok and many other cities to demand that the prime minister step down, that the political system in the country becomes more democratic and that the monarchy gets updated. Why this matters is pretty clear. 66 million people live in this country and they're talking about their political system to change or not to change it. That is the question. Thai people are even thinking about whether having a king is even worth it. The Twitter hashtag, why do we need a king, is trending right now. And that's something that a lot of people could go to prison for, for a very, very long time. Now, why are Thai people so fed up? Two main reasons. First, Military people in 2014 took over the government and rewrote the constitution. A shit show, basically, that the king did not stop but should have, say protesters. And then there were elections last year that many people in Thailand think were rigged. Why? The pro-democracy Future Forward Party should have won, but then a court this February said Nope, it did something illegal. We have to put back the old military ruler. Second reason? Well, basically, the country's economy is in a lot of trouble. And when I say that, I mean a lot of trouble. There have never been this many unemployed people. Well, 7 in 10 people get half as much money per month as they used to. And the World Bank is like, we also have reason to believe that 10 million people in the country are financially insecure. And last week, Thursday, 
was a pretty difficult day for Thailand. The protests were so loud that the Thai government on Thursday was like, nope, that's it, we no longer allow more than five people to come together. To which protesters said, cool story, bro, but we're still doing this. We want a reform. The government then brought in the water cannon and the police force and more than 40 people were arrested. Human rights organizations were particularly disappointed. Speaking of human rights, we are once again thinking about how to best protect them. The United Nations Human Rights Council elected 15 new countries last Tuesday for the term 2021 until 2023. It has countries in it such as China, such as Cuba, France, the UK, and Russia. I say elected, and I wrote elected in quotation marks in the newsletter because it really isn't an election, but that's for another time. Now, what's the Human Rights Council? It's an international promise by 47 countries. They want to make sure that everybody has heard of human rights and protects them too. They employ independent experts who then go on behalf of the member countries uh, to different governments and different countries to monitor the human rights situation there. They talk to victims or officials from other governments, they ask questions, and then they bring those answers back to the World Forum, aka the Human Rights Council, and make suggestions on how to protect human rights better. Now, why this matters? A lot of the countries elected have not been the biggest fans of human rights themselves. I mean, China and Russia, right? This raises the question once again, why do we need this council? The United States had the same question. Since 2018, the country has no longer been part of the council. Why? They thought the council was way too harsh with Israel and they asked the same question. They were like, why do human rights enemies become United Nations judges? The UN Watch, an independent group that watches what the United Nations does, agrees. Oh, and um, Hillel Neuer's Twitter feed is on fire right now, to say the least. If you're on Twitter, go and give him a follow. Okay, then, why do we need this council then? There are several reasons. Some say, well, nobody is perfect and nobody will ever try to become perfect anytime soon if we don't pay attention. Relief Web is also like, well, the council could also play an essential role in providing early warning of the risk factors that can lead to the huge crimes against humanity, like ethnic cleansing, like war crimes and genocide. And I've also linked to an older interview with Ted Picone from the Brookings Institution, who has looked into the Human Rights Council mechanisms and says that, well, actually, most countries do things better if the Human Rights Council tells them to. And that's better than nothing. Now on to our last topic. Technology. 
Last week, scientists found out that there are more than 1.8 billion trees in West Africa's deserts. Why this matters? Well, first of all, we didn't know this. Our satellite images back then were just way too crappy. And second, because they were too crappy, we weren't able to say just how important these trees that grow outside of forests are for the planet. And now with deep learning algorithms, we were now able to really zoom in and find out how many they are and how they might affect the planet. Also, this new method with the deep learning algorithms that could be used to give the Great Green Wall of Africa it's an initiative in Africa to combat deforestation. Well, the big push it really, really needs. So what did we learn from this? Well, that it will soon be possible to map the location and size of every tree worldwide. I've linked to the entire paper that was published last week in Nature uh, in the newsletter. In other science-related news, well, we also built a fuel cell out of spinach. The idea that the scientists had was that one day maybe we could fuel electric cars with spinach. A spacecraft also took epic selfies with Venus. We actually built a lightsaber that can cut metal and we managed to store and transport light itself. What experiments did you do last week? I, for myself, I well, did a cooking experiment. I cooked lentil soup and it was an ancient recipe from my family. And I'm pretty proud of myself, actually, that I, that I didn't poison my flatmate, that it actually, it was delicious. <laughs> so experiment well done, I guess. What experiments did you do last week? If you want to share, please hit reply to this email that I sent you this morning or this evening or this afternoon. I don't know. It depends where you are. And let me know. Also, I don't want to let you go before I tell you what my funny news of the week was. And it came out of Finland. Finland will now put men in jail if they sent dick pics to people who did not ask for it. Why? Well, it's basically digital flashing. That's it for the very, very first audio version of the newsletter What Happened Last Week. If you like this, then please let me know. If you hated it, please also let me know. And... With that said, talk to you next Monday. Bye.